Hello, and welcome to Shelly Has Opinions, the hit podcast where the Chatfield girls try and guess their shy sister Shelly's opinions on a variety of topics. My name is Holly Chatfield Flanagan, and with me is Shelly Chatfield Allison. And we also have Julie Chatfield Miller. And finally, our sister expert for today is Carly Chatfield Electrical Storm. Carly? <laughs> that sounds so scary. I have to cut you out of this family now. <laughs> I think it sounds cool. Real cool. It's been pretty cool. Well, gonna we're going to have to have a small committee meeting that decides <laughs> if she gets cut out. But, but we'll, we will need to hold this small committee meeting at the orthodontist office because Shelly has some big news coming out of her family. Uh, some big mouth-related news. <laughs> uh, t- two things. Uh, Jet, my 11-year-old, has lost his last baby tooth, Aww. which I feel like is like sad a little bit. <laughs> um, but also, uh, he gets to go to the orthodontist this week. We're going to have our first little chit-chat with the orthodontist, and, and he's thrilled. <laughs> the orthodontist is? The orthodontist cannot wait for us to get there. <laughs> No, Jet is thrilled because he he is aware of his dental situation and he's been asking for braces for a while. Really? <laughs> so he's 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 ready. I thought you were being sarcastic. I feel like braces is a thing that Jet would absolutely hate to have. I think once the reality comes and braces actually start going in there, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to like it, but he right. he likes the idea of being able to get those big bad boys he's got in there under control. <laughs> <laughs> You should let him get Invisalign like me. I think when you're a child, they have to assess how much moving needs to get done. So so I guess what I wanted to talk about is, is there any like celebration that's happening? Uh, you know, no more baby teeth. So, uh, you know, like when my babies stopped having like potty accidents, we had like a little celebration or like when uh, they were done with pacifiers, we had like a ceremony. <laughs> <laughs> is there a no baby teeth ceremony that's going to be happening? Uh, yeah, I've bought all the most crunchy foods <laughs> that you can, and we're just gonna we're just gonna chomp away <laughs> with all our big strong teeth. <laughs> I would go the opposite way and be like, these are the only teeth you will have, so let's be <laughs> so soft on them. <laughs> all oatmeal and pudding, and but I'm into that. I like that though. <laughs> Um, Can I say one more one thing about braces? My niece just got braces and they were telling us about that process and how they like scanned her head and then 3D printed a model of her mouth. And that that's how they got the braces ready. What? She didn't have to do like the nasty molding stuff. Oh, yeah. I just had to do that. Mine, you didn't even have to scan my head. You just put it in my mouth, the scanner, and it just goes around. Oh, my gosh. What? The the molding was the worst part of getting braces, like the whole braces experience for me. Thinking when she told me this about like the 3D printing and whatever, I started thinking about my molding experience. And like, I was like, I have to stop this because it's too real, too raw. (laughs) (laughs) It's only been over 20 years. (laughs) So, Julie, I'm so glad that you brought that up. It's so important that we, like, reflect upon our our life's events and uh, <laughs> and try not to project them onto our children or I the think children of we a, know. Think of a better future for our children. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think to celebrate Jet not having any more baby teeth, I am going to give him the present that my children bought for him, which is a tiny Lego uh, Pokemon penguin oh cute. <laughs> uh, he'll love it but he can only get it once he has proven to me through uh verified documents that he doesn't have any more baby teeth <laughs> well i'll i'll ask the orthodontist this week for copies of his x-rays <laughs> <laughs> i need to show these to some very important people <laughs> and carly before the podcast we mentioned that this is going to be my husband corbin's least favorite intro uh, you know, teeth stuff just really freaks him out. So, Corbin, this one's for you. I love you. <laughs> yeah, once his children started losing their teeth, he 
uh, had to go and get some cigarettes at the corner store really quick. <laughs> I miss him so much. <laughs> <laughs> He'll come back when the final ceremony happens. <laughs> when my 10-month-old baby is 11 years old. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's not that long. <laughs> and then they'll have a whole lifetime of of being with dad with their adult teeth wow this is so depressing <laughs> guess what jet jokes about that all the time he's like don't send dad to get the milk I'm like why is this a trope you know <laughs> wow well uh, let's let's kick it up a notch let's take it out of these doldrums and dumps to something really cool and fun that is a topic that was suggested by Shelly Gang member Allison Monson. She was in my writing group, and then I dissolved the writing group. So <laughs> that's cool. power. That's true power. Well, I didn't know. I just said, hey, guys, I don't think I'll be able to participate anymore. And they were like, well, we're not meeting anymore. And I was like, ah, uh, I'm so sorry that I did this on accident. <laughs> but... She still listens to the podcast, so that's super nice. But Allison suggested this topic. Shelly, it is not doldrums. It's not dumpy. Would you like to know it? I would love to. Today's topic is roundabouts. Uh, Shelly, I know frequently you are concerned you won't know what I mean when I say a topic. So will you please explain to the Shelly gang what is a roundabout? It is a a tool for driving <laughs> in which there's a circle and you drive around it instead of having a four-way stop and you get where you got to go. <laughs> yep. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how else to describe them. Well, describing it as a tool is my favorite way to describe it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would love to see you guys describe this. Well, that's not how this show works at all. So, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be doing the pro reasons why you should like roundabouts. Julie's going to be doing the anti reasons why you shouldn't. And Carly, as our sister expert and our professional driver with a tool belt on, and she just throws out a roundabout whenever she needs it out of her tool belt, kind of like Batman. Uh, she's going to tell us what she thinks you will choose, Shelly. Are we ready? Ready. Okay. So, Shelly, I have five reasons why you should be pro-roundabouts, but reason 1A is that if we weren't talking about roundabouts, we wouldn't have gotten that very good definition. So... <laughs> I just didn't know that I was going to feel so strongly about it until it happened. I couldn't write it down. I couldn't see the future. But here we are now. <laughs> Shelly, you should like roundabouts because they are a newfangled and an old-fangled way to drive. Shelly, do you know what I mean by the word fangled? <laughs> you're going to make me give the definition of fangled. No, I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page. It sounds very cool isolated as a word. <laughs> yes. Um, I am curious how these are both new fangled and old fangled because those seem to be at odds. Well, Shelly, here's the thing. We'll start with old fangled first because time is a flat circle. Did you know, Shelley, that before America existed in its current stage, there was a place called Europe? <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I wonder where that went. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still here, but we, I mean, we don't hear about it a lot. That's just America 24-7. Europe is a place on Earth, and, and there, there has been a lot of people living for many years. Many years there have been people moving places in vehicles of all sorts. There used to be uh, sleds <laughs> only. <laughs> only sleds. <laughs> that seems like, you know, in Spain that would have been a difficult way to get around. <laughs> or maybe through the Alps. <laughs> Just uh -huh. a sled. One sled. <laughs> <laughs> and then there were horses and then there were horse-drawn carriages, and then there were motor vehicles, and now there's airplanes. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. 
Man, I've never heard the evolution of travel so succinctly put. <laughs> Excuse me, European travel. Oh, only in Europe, that's right. <laughs> Before motor vehicles, uh, there wasn't really a need for roundabouts, but there is a certain place that you might have heard of called Rome, Italy. Ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> huh, sounds familiar. Is that in this weird place, Europe, you're talking about? Uh huh. Well, it used to be. Who knows now? But uh, <laughs> our dad served his church mission there when he was uh, 19 and 20. And he in- experienced many roundabouts, but they big, son. They're <laughs> real big. Oh, man. And not just in Rome, but that's, that's where he experienced them was in Italy. But they're all over this dang Europe where we've been talking about. And they're big, son. They're huge. Do you want to know why, Shelly? <laughs> why is it? Is it so all the giant sleds they now have to replace the cars can get around there? Excuse me. It was planes. Oh, planes. Motor vehicles. I, sorry. <laughs> but that's, there are a lot of cars, a lot of cars in these European streets. And those roundabouts are so big because they have to accommodate so many. Uh, they're old fangled because that's been the way there for a really long time, but they're also newfangled because guess what? This place we call America, it used to have a lot of open spaces. Now, not so much in some places. Uh-huh. <laughs> there is a place that is growing, growing unexpectedly. And that place is called Syracuse, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is growing quite a bit. <laughs> That's the town that uh, my husband and I built a house in, and we are on the <laughs> edge of town. I thought you were just going to say the town you you built. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I built it, and I said, let there be roundabouts. And on the seventh day, I rested. Because guess what, Shelly? There are so many roundabouts in my dang town. But I need to tell you why. Uh, I did not call the city planner. I did not call the civil engineer. I looked into my own heart and I said, Holly, look at the facts. What does it say? And, <laughs> and the facts told me, this town's growing. It used to be a cow town full of cows. And now it's a person town getting more full of people every day. Bye-bye, cows. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to help with the growing, in, the growing need for infrastructure, if something is being built, namely a road, it gets at least one roundabout. Shelly, literally within the square mile of my house, there are probably six roundabouts of varying sizes. <laughs> now, are these decorative? Because it sounds like you're saying they're looking at their, their plans, their blueprints, and going, this road is missing something. It's just, it doesn't look quite right. <laughs> I know, a roundabout. That really gives it the flair Syracuse needs. <laughs> no, it's this road follows the path that the cows used to follow on the way to the next pasture. But wait, this road also does that. And this one and this one, guess what? All of these roads look like a beautiful web and they all converge onto this one spot. We can't do it. We can't just stop sign it. You know what I mean? So we've got a roundabout it. So are you trying to say that cows naturally, like their walking pattern is a roundabout? (laughs) <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that cows are at a certain spot. That's just physics. They are where they are. But then they move to a different place in a different direction. And then when they become the city planners of a growing city, <laughs> they just they just follow the paths they know. <laughs> but they're old fangled and new fangled. And that point took a lot longer than I thought. <laughs> And cow fangled. <laughs> Shelly, Shelly, Shelly. <laughs> Shelly, you should like roundabouts because they allow people to practice human decency. Shelly, have you ever been to a roundabout and said, that person looks like they need to get where they're going? And then you said, I'll yield. And then they nod at you and then you nod back. I can't say that I have. No. <laughs> well, guess what? That you're using roundabouts wrong because you've got to yield. You absolutely must. You must, or there will be car accidents all over that great roundabout. But guess what? <laughs> you get the opportunity 
to practice being patient with other people. At a four-way <laughs> stop, it's very easy to be like, my turn, homies. And then even if it's not your turn, you go. And the only other option, there are two options that the other people have. They can wait and honk, or they can go and crash. <laughs> <laughs> huh. And that's, that's not human decency <laughs> to crash no. on purpose into somebody. <laughs> a roundabout usually isn't in a place that is so busy it needs a stop light. So I'm not even going to bring up stop lights because that is a whole other kettle of fish in terms of human decency. But roundabouts necessitate human decency or at least the practice of it. You know, I have gone at the wrong time at a roundabout. We have a roundabout that's almost ovoid. Uh, that's close to us. And there's one part of it that really is you got to take a sharp, 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 sharp turn. And sometimes it freaks me out so much uh, that I just go at the wrong time. And the other people who who probably have the right of way are practicing their human decency with me by not crashing into my car. <laughs> and that's that's good because I am already dealing with the fact that my soda is tipping over. Uh And uh, it's really, I get really harried at that particular roundabout. But I just, I think it's important that people practice human decency where they can, uh, because it's so hard to come by nowadays. Uh So, uh, so that's my second point, Shelly, is we just have to practice it and, and that's a place to do it. You know, if I haven't done my good deed for the day, I do often seek out a roundabout just so I can feel good about, you know, I'm now a, I now know again that I'm a decent human being. <laughs> Shelly, you should like roundabouts because they can be very big or very small. Roundabouts are just like us. Shelly, remember in all of those celebrity magazines how like paparazzi take pictures of of stars like celebrities and they go, celebrities, they're just like us. They go to Starbucks and they throw away their trash on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't throw my trash on the ground, but yes, I have seen those articles. Those stars need to go to a roundabout and practice their human decency. (laughs) Roundabouts, like I mentioned, can be very big or very small. And I think that that is important because they're, they are uh, flexible in design, but also they are uh, something that we can relate to on a, a human level. Even though roundabouts aren't cognizant, like they're not sentient beings, they are, they, there are things about them that can remind us that we are them and they are us they are big sometimes like i mentioned and and they're small sometimes shelly do you happen to know anyone who's very big and very small (laughs) both (laughs) i have an example of someone very big and very small would you like to hear it i would my children and i earlier today watched the uh movie musical hello dolly so uh, starring barbara streisand and walter matthau And in it, there are two people who are very big and very small. One is very big. His name is Tommy Toon. He's 6'6". And the other one is uh, the girl who plays Ermengarde, and she's very small. And I would imagine she's about Shelly-sized to my eyes. Carly, quick, be the expert. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) How tall is Ermengarde? That is someone very big and very small, and you see them together, and there are a lot of laughs to be had. There's a lot of jokes and, and, and goofs. But guess what? They're both humans. So if you look at a roundabout, you can say, roundabouts, they're just like Tommy Toon and Ermengarde. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to go only to the appropriately like matching-sized roundabout? Like, oh, this roundabout, too big for me. <laughs> I got to go to the small one. <laughs> No, because do you, Shelly, interact with just short people? (laughs) No, I can't say that I do. (laughs) That was a weird pause that I would like to talk about after the recording. (laughs) Well, I was thinking mostly I don't really interact with many people right now, and mostly the ones I do are children, so they are kind of small. (laughs) But you're not interacting with them because they are small. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not only seek out the small. <laughs> Carly, do you have any information for us? She is 4'10". So I'm even bigger than her. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Shelly, 
that's a point that I want you to think about is uh, roundabouts. They're just like us. Okay. Us and her and no one else. <laughs> and Tommy too. <laughs> and, well, okay. Okay. We can't keep adding to this list. <laughs> it's getting really full. <laughs> Shelly, I have two more reasons why you should be pro roundabouts. My penultimate reason is there is beautiful foliage in the middle. Roundabouts are an urban oasis. Shelly, roundabouts can be just plain concrete. They could just be flat little nothing burgers. But how frequently are they, would you say, in your uh, estimate of experience with them? (laughs) In my vast experience, I would say they're almost never just a like a flat nothing burger or whatever you said. (laughs) (laughs) Shelly, I know that you know me. Uh, And I am not one to love to be outside. But you know what? I do like to look at outside things sometimes. So I really appreciate when I'm in the urban jungle, uh, uh, (laughs) the former cow town of Syracuse, Utah. (laughs) (laughs) And you girls are laughing because literally on the other side of my neighborhood, there's like a huge cow field. And uh, so not quite urban jungle, but we're getting there. So the point is, is that when I am in the urban jungle, I am so relieved when I see something beautiful in the middle of a roundabout. And you can't do that in the middle of a four-way stop because guess what? That is just street that needs to be driven on. (laughs) You can't do that in the middle of a stoplight intersection because, uh, at least in Japan, people are walking right in the middle. What? I bet in... I bet in some other places, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think of where I've seen those crosswalks that go diagonal. There was a few of those LA? in Sydney. Yeah, that's what I said. I LA. just only watch TV that features Tokyo and Kyoto, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but in a, a roundabout, you have the opportunity to put anything in there. You know what I've seen also there? Statues. Mm-hmm. And I've also seen um, a tiny park. That's wild. I don't really like that because that encourages people to go into the middle there. And guess what? Cars drive around it. (laughs) And I don't think people realize that. There was a roundabout when I lived in Provo that had a tiny park in it and it had an outlet. And so we would plug in our computers and watch DVDs. I thought you meant an outlet mall, which is very exciting to think about. (laughs) The tiniest outlet mall in the middle of a roundabout. How how did you get there, Carly? Did you you just have to dodge cars constantly? No, it was in the middle of the night because we were crazy college kids. Oh, man. So crazy. You were like putting yourself there as like a human art installation, like a performance art, like (laughs) sitting here for hours in the middle of a roundabout. Julie, were you going to say something? No. Well, I'm saving it for later, I realize. Shelly, I have one more reason why you should be pro-roundabouts, and that is they are safer, faster, stronger, smarter, flyer, drier, Andy Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got away from me at the end. Uh, but I didn't want it to throw facts and figures at you because I just hate to learn a dang thing for any podcast. And so... I know for a fact that they are safer, roundabouts are safer than a four-way stop, and uh, that they can be faster, which is why growing cities like them is because they improve traffic flow. And I said stronger uh, because I was thinking about that Kanye West song. (laughs) (laughs) That one we all know. (laughs) Stronger. Yeah. And then I said smarter because that's also in that song. But then I said flyer. I don't know why. And then Dreyer, I don't know why. And then I said Andy Dwyer because I I like him on Parks and Recreation. So <laughs> he is, and he does great. visit London at some point during that show. So I'm sure he encountered True. a roundabout. So Shelley, just know roundabouts they're safer, they're they're faster, they're better, they are cool. I like them. Please like them. Amen. <laughs> so Julie. You're going to say something now that you didn't say during my part. Do I have to say it right now? <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm going to, to, to defy your authority and say it whenever I dang well please. <laughs> okay, I like that. Will you tell Shelly why she should be anti-roundabouts? Yes. Shelly, just hearing Holly talking about roundabouts 
my Barbasol levels have really gotten <laughs> dangerously high. Oh, no. Is it because you're jealous? <laughs> I'm jealous so- of Holly's urban lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> are you jealous because you thought you were so special, but then it turns out roundabouts are just like us? <laughs> I thought I was better than roundabouts, and now, now my whole identity is shattered. <laughs> No, roundabouts stress me out for lots of reasons. Roundabouts are confusing. Here in America, they don't really teach you a lot about roundabouts in uh, driver's ed. Because there's there's just not really around much. The cows didn't take over being city planners until recently. <laughs> so there, there aren't very many around. So they're like, mm, I guess you here's what a roundabout is, but you don't actually need to know how to drive in one so just don't worry about it (laughs) you mean in red asphalt they don't prominently display roundabouts (laughs) all the the dead bodies you see in the driver's ed video (laughs) it's all because of roundabouts (laughs) that teaches me i need to avoid them at all costs (laughs) so i used to live in ithaca new york And there were some roundabouts, but there's, like, not a lot of traffic there. And so it was, like, whatever. Uh, Then I moved to the land of D.C., and there are roundabouts in D.C., but there are also lots of cars. And, my goodness, the honking. It just really stresses me out. I don't like driving around there. And I don't know what the rules are. There's no way I could ever know what they are. (laughs) Could you imagine if there was like a sign posted at every roundabout that had like the top three rules of roundabout? (laughs) (laughs) Or what if it was just like the rules for when you're jumping into like a jump rope and you're like, you're like, you're getting ready, you're getting ready. And then you like, oh, fake, but you don't jump in yet <laughs> you, do, you know if you just like kept like oh i'm gonna go in oh wait no not yet <laughs> gotta, but the, gotta, you gotta do that motion with your hands to like time the jump rope. <laughs> yeah. i bet people do that not the hand motions but i bet people get into a lot of uh fender benders that way <laughs> yes i also believe that i have uh, i've had a lot of close calls in roundabout situations because you know what there's just not a lot of confident roundabout drivers well i'll say there are enough unconfident roundabout drivers that is dangerous for me because i don't have a lot of confidence (laughs) (laughs) have you ever seen a multi-laned roundabout like Uh in real life Uh uh-huh have yes have you driven in one i think yes but i can't remember I've never seen one in real life i've only seen one in rome italy from above and it looks fun (laughs) It looks fun. Oh, so scary. Seeing multi-lane roundabouts. Like, what's even the point of the middle ones? How do you get in there? How do you get out of there? Why Why are they there? I don't know. There's a multi-lane roundabout in D.C. that uh, is near the Treasury, which is where Corbin, my husband, works. And so, like, when we're driving to the Treasury, I I have to use it. GPS makes me, okay? <laughs> and, uh, like, I really have to psych myself up to get into it. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to keep my wits about me. Got to gotta look sharp. Got to, uh, I got to, got to drive offensively, not defensively. I can do this. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So you, you have to use one, um, not infrequently, but you've never looked up the rules of how to use one? <laughs> I think I know what the rules are, (laughs) roughly. (laughs) Julie just follows her instincts. (laughs) I just trust my gut. (laughs) I never have, guys. Have you? I've never driven to the treasury even one time. (laughs) (laughs) But with all of your different roundabouts in your town. They're all one lane in the middle. They have a big sign in all of them that's like, here's the three rules. Come on. Be cool. Nice. <laughs> is that what the three rules are? Come on. Be cool and nice. Sorry. That's a, that is a reference that I made specifically for Shelley. Uh, it's uh, the My Brother and My Brother and Me Midnight Amendments. Yes. And uh, I was going to just gloss over them. So yeah. 
I don't know why I've never looked up the rules, probably because I don't think about it enough when I'm not in the situation. <laughs> and by the situation, I mean the roundabout. <laughs> and don't look them up in the roundabout, please. Well, you could just, you could just yell, hey, Google, what are the rules for driving in a roundabout? Tell me now. <laughs> quick, quick. I'm stuck in the inner lane. I don't know how to get out. <laughs> uh, um, I... Oh, it's nerve wracking. I uh, looked up why I hate roundabouts. That's what I Googled. (laughs) And what came up was a like two minute video, like dash cam footage of um, somebody going into a roundabout and then somebody else driving next to them in this the other lane of the roundabout. And then they smush together side by side. Crash. Boom. Bang. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I don't even know who who did the wrong thing. <laughs> and uh, I was going to read in the comments, but then I was like, oh, no, too scary. That's even worse than roundabouts. But it's, oh, they're so nerve wracking. And, uh, y- you know, you can't trust anybody else. You got those people starting and stopping, sit, not not driving in there, jumping in with confidence. You can't trust them. And for me, I can't even trust myself. <laughs> Well, Julie, I have a rule of thumb that I learned from someone really wise, and it is that a uh, cautious pedestrian <laughs> is a dead pedestrian. Uh huh. A hesitant, hesitant pedestrian. pedestrian. A hesitant pedestrian is a dead pedestrian. A hesitant pedestrian dies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our mother is so wise and so right. If you're a skittish, you're going to get flattened. So I guess if you want to drive in a roundabout, just don't yield ever. <laughs> just jump on in. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> next time I get in an accident in a roundabout and like the police come and have to do whatever, I'll tell them I was just following the rules that I learned when I was recording my podcast with my sisters. I just didn't yield. I just jumped in. <laughs> and they're like, are your sisters like driving experts or like? No, no. Just, just regular. Like, regular experts? <laughs> yeah. Just regular experts. Um, so, Shelly, I never know when to expect a roundabout. Even in Ithaca, like, where I was like, I would drive on a street pretty frequently. Be like, ah, oh, dang it, I forgot there's a roundabout here. It's always a surprise and it's always unpleasant. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to be surprised with a roundabout. Because then you, you have sudden anxiety moment and i i really need to gear myself up for a roundabout i can't just find myself in one then how do you how do you get out where are you going nobody knows (laughs) some cows were going every which way (laughs) so many exits (laughs) uh and shelly you are a person who is more inclined than uh, others to uh have anxious moments (laughs) Oh, that's very, that's a very gentle way of saying that. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, this is a really anxious moment for me. So I'm just trying to... <laughs> yeah, because you know what will happen if you make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> but Shelly, I'm interested to hear if you have ever had an anxious moment in a roundabout. You know, with a, a four-way stop, you know what you're supposed to do. You stop, you look. And then you go. But with the roundabout, you just, should you stop? Maybe. Should you not? I don't know. Should you go? <laughs> Let's try it. And then just see what happens. <laughs> I can pretty much guarantee that I've had an anxious moment in any driving opportunity. <laughs> like a, a drive straight moment on, a, on a, a lonely street where you're the only car. Yeah, I probably have been like, wait, is the street closed? And I just didn't know. And I'm here all alone. <laughs> I probably have had that exact thought. Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so, so I can almost guarantee I've had a, a, a anxious roundabout moment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Me too. I don't know if I've said that yet. <laughs> uh, my last point is that Stuff in the middle of a roundabout, why? It should just be a cement pancake. Statues in the middle of a roundabout are pointless to me because there's no way you can get in there and like look at it. 
<laughs> and they even get into the statue like a robot or something. Like <laughs> you can't use the the statue as a mech suit. <laughs> And I hate that. Uh, no, one time Corbin and I were uh, in Old Town, Alexandria, walking around with our family. Maybe. I can't remember if the kids were there. And uh, there was a, I can't even remember if it was a roundabout or if it was just a, an extra wide street <laughs> with the statue in the middle. <laughs> there is a, a statue in the middle of uh, a road. Uh-huh. roundabout situation and there was a big old plaque on it with little writing and corbin and i looked at our at ourselves <laughs> we looked at each other <laughs> we pulled out our mirrors <laughs> looked at ourselves really pondered uh, <laughs> and we asked ourselves in our mirrors what what is that statue who is that why did they put that in there and why did they put the plaque in there if you can't even Get in there and read it. And then we walked on. Only months later um, did we realize what that statue was of. And it turns out um, it was a Confederate statue. And we it was in the news because they were tearing it down. So, <laughs> And you said, good riddance. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, man, I could have... If, if it had been in a place that I could have read it, I would have read that, been like, whoa, that's Confederate, and torn it down myself. So <laughs> by turning it into a mech suit, <laughs> <laughs> done a cool like uh, Tony Stark move and blast it off into space and let it explode itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ooh, nice. But Carly, here's what I was going to say long ago. How are people supposed to get in that roundabout area park with an outlet electrical or mall? By walking to What it. about cars? <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of the night. Well, there are no what about cars. if you want to walk to it in the day where there are cars? Well, then it would be a very difficult DVD watching experience in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> so they designed this park so that people will only use it in the middle of the night? I think it was not really a park. I think that it was... Just us finding an outlet. Was the outlet maybe for like when they decorate for Christmas or whatever? Yeah. (laughs) But you're like free outlet. It was like hidden in a little spot under a rock. You found it under. Wait, what what were you do snooping around in the middle of it? In a roundabout. roundabout. (laughs) I didn't find it. Some other boys found it. They were the kind of people who would go into. Um, construction areas just so they can say oh. they went there. Oh, you mean knuckleheads and dummy <laughs> boys? <laughs> those are, they were those yeah. kind of boys. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the middle of roundabouts, they're not for humans. Um, <laughs> and so why put stuff in there? I don't know. Why have them? Just stress me out, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Dang cows. <laughs> so shelly what i'm saying is i want you to be anti-roundabouts so that forevermore when you encounter one you just drive straight through it (laughs) it's probably it's probably a confederate statue in the middle anyways and it needs to go (laughs) but don't run over the college students who just are watching the middle of the night i'm not there I'm in my if bed. it's in the middle of the night, Shelly's going to panic anyways because she thinks the road is closed and why aren't there any other cars around? So don't worry. Julie did great. And I thought that was great. And Carly, you have already given us so much wisdom. Um, but now I need to know what you think Shelly's going to choose about roundabouts. So I'm going to go broader here. And if Shelly could choose... Any driving apparatus or no driving apparatus, she would choose no driving apparatus. And so I think that just by default, she is anti-roundabouts for the reason of not wanting to drive. <laughs> she only likes her <laughs> chevrolet legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, now is the time. We've all been waiting for the opinion of the MVP of this podcast, the most Van Halen podcaster, Shelly. Do you remember that I already did this one before? Because I didn't until it was too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I didn't remember either, so it's new to me. 
Oh, good. I'm so glad. Shelly, what do you think about roundabouts? I was uneducated, I feel like, about their connection to cows. So I'm glad that I learned something today. <laughs> no! <laughs> uh, I also am just going to throw in there about learning about podcasts. I'm glad to hear that your son loves to learn from podcasts. My son, unfortunately, recently got into the medical history podcast Sawbones uh, by Justin McElroy and his wife, Dr. Sydney McElroy. And, uh, and Shelly also likes that podcast. And guess what? Jack likes to learn a dang thing, and I hate it. <laughs> How dare he? Uh, so roundabouts, I agree that they are not as they're not as common here in the states, um, but they are very common. <laughs> like driving to Holly's house from my house, I do do happen upon quite a few of them. I feel like, <laughs> and one just got finished being built uh like this weekend shelly oh really uh-huh. like the closer i get to holly's house you can tell there was lots of cow fields around there in the past because the closer i get the more roundabouts there are yeah. <laughs> i i was i meant to ask you earlier were there a lot of roundabouts in australia there were i would say they were relatively common there was a few not far from my house what about in buenos aires um also like Downtown, like when you got more towards like the city center, yes, like it, like with big, huge statues in the middle and stuff, Weird. and fountains. We've been giving fountains short shrift. That's true. There were some fountains also, um, and guess what? No Confederate statues. <laughs> you know, weird. <laughs> Doesn't that make you feel so European and fancy to go through? Like it's such a novelty to go through a roundabout you're like mm, i'm so european I'm- it did it did feel very <laughs> european to me especially in buenos aires because they you know they almost all were like fountains or big statues or something and i i did feel very european um and i also didn't own a car <laughs> so whenever i experienced them it was in a bus and some of them were not as big some of them were kind of small roundabouts and guess what has a hard time navigating a, a small tight roundabout buses <laughs> so i also got used to driving up over the curbs of roundabouts, um, both in Sydney and in <laughs> Buenos Aires. So that was that was fun because um, I love I love the feeling of things not quite going right when I'm in a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact they, they do feel, I agree, they're newfangled in the U.S., but they are old fangled <laughs> um, in, in a lot of the world. They do feel very European, Carly. You're right. Um, I said that first, Shelley. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess you said they're more common in Europe, but you didn't say they're very European. <laughs> um, and they big, son. Um, that's also very valid. I feel like the ones, especially by Holly's house, are not as big as a European Roman roundabout. You know, that's, the, you know, there's aqueducts and then there's roundabouts, famous architecture in Rome, um, and they are big. And I don't think I've encountered one that's like five lanes. I think maybe the biggest one I've been in is like three lanes. Why hasn't anyone made the joke about all roads lead to Roman roundabouts yet? (laughs) (laughs) We were waiting for you. (laughs) Thank you so much. It gives people an opportunity to be decent human beings. (laughs) I guess that's true, but also Julie's counterpoint in that they also don't know how to be confident, <laughs> and so they maybe crash. Um, I feel like both are true. Like if you put a roundabout in a box, it can be, both things can be true at the same time. Schrodinger's roundabout, <laughs> yeah, a roundabout with Schrodinger, a statue right in the middle, <laughs> um, and that they can be very big or very small, just like us. That's true. I had never thought about that before. <laughs> Roundabouts are just like us. It's it's kind of I feel like ironic that in the in Europe, they're very big, where they have very tiny cars. So I just, they also, they not only are just like us, but they're, they're hilarious. (laughs) Are you trying to say that we're not hilarious? Because that's rude. (laughs) (laughs) No, here in the US, it's also ironic because they tend to be smaller and we have bigger cars. The irony goes both ways. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) Um, There's beautiful foliage or other stuff in the middle, like fountains or statues. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this point because Julie brought up the exact opposite thing <laughs> that they are either great or terrible. 
Well, here's the thing is that there are no Confederate statues here in Utah, Uh, (laughs) at least in Syracuse. I don't think now I'm going to have to really do my homework because (laughs) if there are, I have some petitions to write. Not too many Confederate cows. (laughs) (laughs) We killed all of those back in the war. I have to agree that I think when there's like a park or something in the middle um, of a roundabout, it can be a little kooky crazy because how are you supposed to get there? Uh, I do remember, I, I can't remember what city we were in, but there was a roundabout you could get to um, underground, like you walked under the street to get there. Cool. But like if if you just are supposed to get there on your own or if they put something beautiful in there that you can only enjoy as you're stressfully driving around in the middle, it does somewhat like... I don't think it helps the stress. A beautiful <laughs> fountain is not going to help, like, Julie have her Barbasol levels go down, you know. And, like, a giant statue, especially, like, um, like if it's mean-looking or something, that's not going to help either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of experience driving in them. I prefer to not drive when that is an option. Carly is correct. <laughs> if there's the option between driving and doing anything else, I'll usually do that other thing. <laughs> like if I could have my own uh, airplane to, to fly all around Europe, <laughs> like all the common people do there now, if they only fly, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I would definitely do that. But as it is, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of roundabouts. Like, I know the stats of their safer blah, blah, blah. (laughs) But I also am not a confident driver. I also am scared of roundabouts. And also, even with Google telling me what to do, like, get off at the second, whatever, I still am so scared. (laughs) And and, uh, I remember a couple times encountering roundabouts before there was Google Maps and, like, trying to refer to a map to know like which lane of the roundabout to get in to get off at the right place or whatever that no dog (laughs) i don't like that they're just so stressful (laughs) and they're like even the one by holly's house which is one lane and like it's right near her or her housing tract and it's kind of small it like has a weird it has like a weird round thing in the middle but also like a sidewalk and i almost always accidentally drive over it because i think the round thing in the middle is just the roundabout and it tricks me every time that there's a little bit extra down there (laughs) Um, and so yeah it gets me every time i don't like it i don't trust them (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they're they're not for me Oh my gosh, Shelly, I knew that I was going to be fighting a losing battle because anything <laughs> having to do with driving, maybe minus seatbelts, like if you were anti-seatbelts, I don't think I don't think that would be the case, but uh, I knew I was fighting a losing battle, but yet, Allison Monson, you made a great topic. It, it brought up a lot of, of hurt, and, a, uh, and now the healing can begin. <laughs> Uh, Shelly, thank you so much for sharing your opinion on Roundabouts with us. And now we are moving on to our segment, What's Your Name? What's Your Name? What's Your Name? What's Your your, your Name? And in our segment, What's Your Name? I bring a name generator that was found on the internet to my sisters. And this week's generator was found by our cousin, Brittany Hubble. Hey, Brittany. What's up, girl? Hello. (laughs) I mean, that may sound like I'm Brittany. I'm not. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> Julie's channeling Brittany. <laughs> and she talks Hello. like this. Hello. <laughs> uh, Brittany, uh, earlier this month, sent me a, a name generator. And by the way, I'm going to just stop the podcast for right now because I have to tell you that it is extremely funny to me that my online brands now involves name generators. I'm constantly and so sweetly people are sending me name generators and it is wild to me. <laughs> I'm constantly getting tagged in name generators on Facebook and it makes That's me laugh a lot. Awesome. <laughs> it's very funny. So Brittany sent me this one and it is from the Harlequin series of books. And those are romance novels. And yes. this one is what is your romance title? We have done a romance novel title generator before, but this one is very, very good, and I couldn't pass it up, so I hope you guys will bear with me. Yes. Excellent. (laughs) Julie. You need four things for this name generator. One is a birth month. Another one is a shirt color. 
Another one is the first letter of your first name. And then the last one is the first letter of your last name. Now, clandestinely, Carly and I gathered the information of the shirt colors of you two girlos. And guess what? You never knew what hit you. (laughs) So as I read you your romance title, your romance novel title, I need you to tell me what market would this appeal to? Like a target audience. Who is your target audience with this novel? Let's say this is this is what you wrote, and then you're trying to figure out who Harlequin can send, can like market to. Okay. Excellent. Okay. So uh my birth month is March. I'm currently wearing a blue shirt. Uh and so my Romance novel title is Forgiving the Texan's Forgotten Son. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like one mom would read. (laughs) It sounds like one I would read. (laughs) So the Texan had a son who he totally forgot about. And it's up to me to forgive that son. So I think the market that this would appeal to is amnesiacs <laughs> in the Southwest. And, and it's weird. It's weird. I looked up the statistics. There are about 100% of Southwesterners are amnesiacs. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. And so they have to rebuild a lot of their culture like every day. And so luckily uh, for me and my marketing process, I can just tell them that they already love this book and that they need to buy a copy of it again because they lost their other one. <laughs> wow. That's, That's a good, good marketing. marketing ploy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm very smart and good. Okay. Uh, Shelly, would you like to know yours? Yes. Okay. So your birth month is July. You were wearing a black shirt today. So you wrote, Surrendering the Billionaire's Rags to Riches Arrangements. (laughs) (laughs) Surrendering the Billionaire's Rags to Riches Arrangements. Shelly, uh, who who are you going to sell this book to? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to aim high and low, rags and riches. (laughs) (laughs) The billionaires and the millionaires, right? Yes. Right? The 1% and the other 99%. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's really upsetting to think about. But you know what? Uh, billionaires love to read books. They're crazy about them. Yeah, they need to – everyone these days needs to have a very full bookshelf behind them at all times, <laughs> just in case a Zoom call ever comes in. Mm-hmm. So, so my book can just be – just all of it. Just just get it all to fill up your bookshelf behind you. And everyone will think you're very, like, classy and or frugal. <laughs> and or insane for having the same book filling your entire bookshelf. No, they'll be like, I get it. <laughs> today you're feeling today you're feeling rags to like the next day you're feeling riches so you need a copy for each just in case. <laughs> Signed copies I by love Shelley. it. That's perfect. Okay, Julie, are you ready for yours? Oh, yes. Okay, so you were born in August. You are wearing a green dress right now, and your book is Seducing the Innocent's Untamed Betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) So there's an innocent person, and you're seducing their untamed betrayal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I need you to tell me, uh, who who are you marketing this book to? Who's your audience? Oh, my gosh. I don't even know. I can barely understand what, what it's saying. Uh, okay. Innocent people. Babies. Um, <laughs> Seducing babies? Se- no, not the babies. They're un... What is it? Untamed betrayal? Uh-huh. <laughs> Babies, they can't possibly have tamed their betrayal yet. And they always be betraying people. So I'm going to seduce that betrayal. Are you going to seduce them in order to tame them? Like a baby stallion. <laughs> <laughs> so your mark is baby stallions? Oh, yes. Yeah, of course. Why didn't I see it before? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Carly. Uh, 
I don't think you're ready for this one. So I just need you to know, Carly, you were born in May. You are currently wearing a pink dress, although uh, our internet phone call is saying it's red. But in my heart, it's pink. It's a hot pink dress. Wow, 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 wow. Okay. So Carly, you have written craving the cowboy's convenient air, as in like the heir to the throne. <laughs> oh. Craving the cowboy's convenient air. Who are you selling this book to? My best friends. <laughs> everyone around me. Because <laughs> we all are so rich and we all are cowboys. And uh, <laughs> I want to know, what is a convenient air? I, I also would like to know that. <laughs> Guys, you haven't read enough, enough romance books to know all about the air situation. <laughs> are, is that really a common trope? No. Oh. I mean, airs. Yes, there's plenty of airs. But like putting on airs. No, like, have you ever read a Regency romance? There's airs all over the place. <laughs> so a convenient air is when you find someone on the street and you're like, hey, are you going to... Uh, do everything I say for the rest of your life, and then they say yes, and it's so convenient. And then, you <laughs> but you have to say it in a cowboy voice because you're a cowboy, and then you crave it afterwards. <laughs> or is it a is it a like a chain of of uh, convenience stores called Cowboys Convenience? <laughs> the heir to to that. Oh my gosh, I would crave so many things from a Cowboys Convenience store. <laughs> Shelly, I must write this book now. <laughs> <laughs> and you can sell it to my best friends. They're Seal. also rich. <laughs> and they're cowboys. All right, send me my forward. I'll get right on it. Uh, Brittany, thank you for that super great name generator. And this has been our segment. What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? What's your what's your what's your name? Shell Gang, thank you so much for joining us on this joyous last episode of the summer. What? Oh, I thought you were announcing <laughs> something really just intense. now. <laughs> Why is it the last episode of the summer? Because uh, this is actually coming out the first day of September or around about there. Sep summer doesn't end till September 21st. School has started for those of us in the know. My school hasn't started. I just want to fight you about this. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like for me, summer is over once they close the pool here at our apartment, which is in about a week. So. So, uh, Shelly Gang, we really would like you to visit our website, ShellyHasOpinions.com. That's S-H-E-L-L-E-Y, HasOpinions.com. There you can find all of our old episodes. We're almost to 150. Isn't that wild, Benyanyas? Oh, wow. Crazy. Wow. Oh, uh, no. Daddy, our dad asked us, uh, <laughs> our daddy, <laughs> our dad named Daddy, uh, asked me if uh, we had any plans on closing up shop soon. And I guess I probably also tricked him with my announcement that I just made. <laughs> <laughs> closing up shop as in like stopping the podcast? Uh-huh. Uh, uh. <laughs> Not that he wants us to. He was just like, wow, you've done a lot. And I'm like, dude, I know. Uh, so you can find our old episodes. You can find our new episodes. Uh, you can find pictures of us and just learn all about us, which is great because we're so interesting and beautiful. You can also find interesting and beautiful people who make family-friendly podcasts at podacongo.com. You can find all of the shows there, including my son is loving Quest Company Jr. And he suggested it to his cousin, whose name is... Theo Jr. <laughs> he said, I've got to listen to podcasts that have Jr. in the name. And Jack says, have I got a show for you? <laughs> um, but you should definitely go there and check, at, check out those shows. Uh, there's also a lot where you can learn stuff, which people seem to like. So I don't know what to say about that. So <laughs> zoics. But mostly, Shelly Gang, we just want you to come back next week we're going to be continuing the year of the submission uh, with another banger episode that is going to be just fall and autumn related because that is all I'm allowing from now on, Julie. Okay, can you deal with that? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you and I love you and goodbye. Bye bye. I love you. Bye bye. Bye. 
gosh dang it, Shelly, where are you? Are you looking for high-quality, family-friendly podcasts? Shows that are safe for younger or more sensitive listeners? Podacongo is a reliable corner of the internet for the kind of podcasts that everyone can enjoy. From educational programs to conversational topics and incredible storytelling and role-playing shows in a variety of styles, themes, and age groups. Podacon Go is a group of independent podcast creators dedicated to creating high-quality programs that provide family fun for everyone. Visit podacongo.com for an ever-growing lineup of shows complete with descriptions and ways you can listen. Connect with the Podacon Go family-friendly podcast network on Facebook and Twitter. P-O-D-I-C-O-N. Go! It's podcast fun for everyone. Podacon Go! Go!